Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. It's Lainey. Um, we are so excited. We are recording virtually, which is new for this um, whole landscape that we are all trying to figure out. So um, I want to welcome virtually Hillary Swanson, who's been on the podcast before. Hi, Hillary. Hi, Lainey. Hi, Hillary's a senior editor at Harper One. Um, she's calling from California, and so we truly are covering the whole country today on this recording. But I'm going to pass it to her for an episode of Editors Unedited. Thank you so much, Lainey. Uh, as Lainey mentioned, I'm a senior editor at Harper One. I work on books that focus on feminism and female voices, activism, memoir, humor, uh, mental health, and some new approaches to self-help. And I am so excited to chat with one of my authors, Rebecca Tosig, today. Um, hello, Rebecca. Welcome. Yay! Hi! Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, yeah, this is very, uh, as as Lainey mentioned, very fun, and um, this may be the new normal for a lot of things going forward as we all stay in our homes. But uh, yeah, Rebecca, I'd love to introduce listeners to you, um, so bear with me as I give them a little background on who you are. She has a PhD in Disability Studies and Creative Nonfiction. She is a teacher. She has a wonderful and delightful Instagram called um, at sitting pretty. I think it's sitting underscore pretty. And she is the author of Sitting Pretty, The View from My Ordinary Resilient Disabled Body. And that goes on sale August 25th. And we have been working on it uh, for almost the last two years, I'd say. So, uh, it's just a phenomenal book. It's one of the most moving books I've ever worked on, to to be quite honest. Uh, and I am so excited for other readers to get to experience it. Um, I can describe it in in my own words, and then Rebecca, you you jump in if I miss anything. But um, the way I would put it is that it's you know a memoir in essays, and each essay explores what it means to live in Rebecca's body, but also to live in a body, I'd say. So, you know, there are essays on very specific topics, uh, like dating and thrift store shopping and apartment hunting, but Rebecca also tackles these larger, big ideas, including, you know, ableism and representation and identity. So um, she's doing a lot, and she is doing it in such a really poignant way, and it's, she's just a delight to read. So um, I am 
so, so excited about about the book. And Rebecca, since, you know, this is one of the first kind of public conversations you've had about the book, I'd love to kick it to you and just uh, hear more about, you know, how you felt when you started this journey and what you're excited about now as you get ready to, you know, release it out into the world. Oh, boy. Okay. Big, wonderful, exciting questions. Also, (laughs) side note, I can't believe you said we've been working on this for two years. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is time? I can't believe that we've been uh, that we've been working and collaborating and revising and talking about this book that long. But it makes sense because when you ask like how I felt at the beginning and how I feel now, um, I think uh, maybe not surprising to a, a lot of people writing their first books. Uh, I, th- I think I was really naive um, when we first started thinking about what this book could be and, and what would go into it um, and thinking, oh, writing about, um, you know, experiences with disability and what it means to live in this body and making sense of this kind of experience on the planet. I have so much to say and, and um, it's just going to pour pour out of me seamlessly and easily like a fountain. And, um, and of course, some in some ways it did, but um, there was a lot of labor and and wrestling and both um, personally and intellectually with um, kind of what where we've landed and and to get to that end in in space, which we're very near. I think what I've always hoped for with the book was that um, it would be driven by stories and um, personal experience, but that in some ways that that personal experience would be able to, to transcend just my tiny little bubble and connect with, um, with everybody living in a body, which is why I really appreciate you mentioning that in your little summary of, um, of the book is that it's, it is about my unique position in the world, but, um, hopefully, um, the, the reflection that I've done on, on that experience also connects to other people with and without disabilities, I, I think. Um, just um, hoping that together we can think more creatively and um, uh, kind of outside of our um, default norms about what it means to live in these bodies that we carry with us throughout our lives and um, over the world. There's so many things I'm excited about. I think the first thing, though, that comes to my mind is um, the thing I love about my space and Instagram, um, which is a much smaller space, uh, well, smaller um, space to write, I guess. But what I love about that space is the interactions with like sharing these stories and connecting with people, um, connecting with the people who read those words and either um, are, are looking at something in a new way for the first time or um, who have their own stories that they also um, are sparked to share. And um, that that connection with people is everything to me as a writer. Like it's the, the thing that um, I think pushes me um, to actually um, finish a piece and share it is the idea that someone's going to read this and it's going to, it's going to mean something to them in some way, whether that's um, to make them confused and make them rethink something or to connect with them or remind them of their own experience or to make them feel less alone, whatever it is. I love that feeling. I love that moment of being able to um, connect with people 
So I can't wait to share this book and talk with people about it. Um, I want to know what parts um, resonate with them, what parts challenge them, like what things that sparks in their minds. I'm just very excited um, to, to connect with people and share and, and, and talk through um, the things I'm working through in the book. Um, they're conversate they're in a lot of ways. They're, um, they're, I see the essays as the beginnings of conversations and I'm very excited to have those conversations with people. Absolutely. I actually have, um, in, in my notes, uh, just the word conversations. So it's so funny that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, one of the reasons why, I felt that this book was so important to acquire was because these conversations around disability and disabled people who are one out of five, you know, people on our planet, um, mm-hmm. we just don't see very much of in the mainstream. And so I think it's so important to, you know, hear more and especially hear more from voices that can speak to the lived experience. Um, but also the reason why I loved your book is that you don't do it from some far off place. You don't do it from um, a, a shaming place. You don't do it from a judgmental place. Um, you are so just real and refreshing and funny. Um, and you make the whole process of having these conversations, which could be scary for people or could feel unapproachable, you make them feel extremely comfortable uh and and just kind of a i don't know there's there's just a a sense of ease like when reading your writing no matter what you're no matter whether you're talking about something fun like dating or whether you're talking about kind of the more heavy duty topics so i love that about this book um and i am curious you know you brought up instagram and i think it's interesting because Instagram plays a big role in how this book came about and how you have these conversations about disability. And I'd love to hear more from you about how you specifically use Instagram and how you started using it and how it's played into kind of the creation of this book and beyond. Well, I start speaking of how weird time is. I I think I started it over five years ago now, uh, maybe six. Oh my goodness! Um, I was in graduate school uh, studying disability studies, like you mentioned on the front end, and it was the first time in my life. Uh, so I would have been about twenty seven or twenty eight years old, and um, and had been disabled since I was three years old. So a whole lifetime of living in a um, a, a paralyzed body and using a wheelchair to get around in the world. But it wasn't until I was in graduate school in about 27 or 28 that I started um, reading more um, theoretical ideas about disability and this idea that there was maybe more than one way to think about a disabled body, that it, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a, di- a diagnosis that's treated in a hospital and fixed with surgery, but that there was um, maybe more richness to that experience or complication or complexity or social dynamics to that experience. And it was the first time that I'd ever started to think about my disabled body as being a part of an identity, as being um, a unique set of experiences 
um, that I might share with a, a community of, of people who, who understood those experiences in a unique way. Um, and it was really blowing my mind. Um, I, I was just like mining this whole, like decades of life experience through this new lens. Um, and wanting to write about it and wanting to make sense of it. And, um, and so my, um, best friend at the time I was living with her and at the time she, um, was like, you should, you should share this in a, in a platform where people can, can participate in, um, and you can like regularly post things. And we talked about a blog and that felt, I don't know, intimidating to me. So, um, the idea of writing short little, uh, what I have come to call mini memoirs on memoir, uh, on Instagram, mini memoirs on Instagram, um, kind of came through this personal desire I had to capture some of those moments of my life of living in this disabled body and to, to rethink them in a new way and then to share them with people, um, but also to have an image attached to it. Um, so it was the words, but it was also the picture of this disabled body. I had come to realize that um, I had so few pictures of me that included my wheelchair and my paralyzed legs. And uh, I, had, I had gotten in the habit of cropping that out of the image of me, both literally and I think um, figuratively, like cutting that part out uh, away from me and distancing myself from it, um, that the practice of writing about um, these moments, these moments of disability, and then pairing it with an image where I was actually giving space, visual space to take like a, a beautiful or appealing photo of my disabled body and then to share that with the world was kind of the seed, um, the beginning um, of what I was hoping for. And then I was blown away, like almost immediately by the people that I connected with there. Um blown away by the fact that anybody cared to read it, um, that other people connected with it, that it, it, it synced up with stories of their own, um, by the people who, who hadn't ever thought of or experienced anything similar, but were interested in learning about it. Um, and it just sort of blossomed from there into, um, connecting with more and more, groups of people who were interested in, in those experiences in one way or another. Um, and I, I don't, I'm like so cautious about jinxing myself here. Um, but I feel like I found the best people on the internet. Like I've just gathered them in one little space. Um, because the people that I have met in that, in that Instagram space are some of the coolest people I could have imagined um, into existence. I just, um, have been so grateful for the way that the community, uh, on Instagram, the people I've connected with there have affirmed me and challenged me and stretched me and, um, expanded my imagination and entertained me. There's, it's just been a really, um, exciting experience. So, um, it seemed like a natural transition to expand that space into a book in part because, Every time I sit down to write a post on Instagram, I think it's like three times longer than the than the platform will allow. Um, and so I knew that I had more to say and and wanted more space to stretch out and expand those ideas. Um, and so the idea that we could we could stretch that out and 
and explore more and and elaborate on those stories in a book format seemed uh, like a no brainer. Like, of course we have to do this. Um, so I think, yeah, that's sort of the transition, the seed, the beginning, the blossoming and the transition from Instagram into the book. Yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. And I remember the first time I got some of your early pages you know, you never quite know. Uh, in nonfiction publishing, most books are bought based off of a proposal and a short sample. Uh, you don't have a sense of, you know, the entire work and how it's all going to come about. And so that first, you know, chunk of material that you receive as an editor, it's always um, exciting and nerve wracking and a little bit mysterious and I remember um thinking wow well she's really good on Instagram but she just needed more room too uh and (laughs) you really um were able to take those mini memoirs that you do on Instagram and just go further and provide more context and provide those stories that you that you talk about and uh I'm sure as you did as you did so, it was difficult in, I'm, I mean, probably many different ways. And I'm wondering, as you think about your writing process and each of the essays and how each one came about, is there is there one essay that sticks out in your mind? Do you have, <laughs> for lack of a better word, a favorite? Um, or an essay that you can tell listeners about um, that, you know, the, the, the one that really sticks out in, in your mind. Oh, that's so easy. I totally know. Yes. Um, I have, well, I have two favorites for different reasons. Um, I think the one that I, I feel really nerdy admitting this, um, but the one that I like to reread that I just like to sit and reread is the ordinary unimaginable love story, um, which is the chapter on dating and romance and love. um, And it's the chapter where I tell the story of how I met my partner, Micah, and how our romance blossomed. And um I, I I think that I I I reread it because I I love Micah and I love what we have and there's something really delightful to me about just like seeing that that story come together on the page and um and you know we've been through a lot of things recently so remembering kind of our history and and what brought us t- to each other originally is just sort of like personally rewarding to me and I and I love our story but I think also um, one of the things I love about that chapter is that disability and romance and love um, and dating is such a complicated um, uh, maze. And there's so much at stake for people in that conversation. And it's um, it's it's a relatable anxiety. I think there's just so much to unpack. Um, and, and it's important and it's, um, it's tender to us. It's like, a, a it's, it taps into a lot of vulnerabilities and hopes and dreams. And, um, so I just feel like it's an, it's an important chapter in that way. It's a chapter that's full of a lot of feeling. Um, and 
one and I and I love the way that I was um able to find my 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 what like my line into that chapter um because I have all of the personal stories but you know I I I really struggled with how to frame that chapter and I remember when I was researching it Micah and I were on like a Thanksgiving road trip and um I was just like scrambling we spent like eight hours in the car talking about like well how should I frame this and what stories are actually going to be important and relevant and um, and I was just stalling out and I sent Micah to go get us some like takeout or something. And I was in our a hotel room and I was Googling ridiculous Google searches. And I found, um, this thread on Reddit, um, that this woman with a disability, um, had started to the men of Reddit where she was asking the men of, of Reddit, um, if they would date a woman in a wheelchair and kind of, um, framed it with her personal story. And I spent hours just like pouring over the almost 500 comments that came out of that, that question, that initial Reddit question. Um, and it just brought up so many of the stereotypes, um, so many of the, um, assumptions that come with disability and dating, um, and ultimately really brought me to the insight of what I love so much about my relationship with Micah is that what is so common with disability and dating is um, this perspective that um, that we can only really imagine love as one thing. We have this really rigid, tiny box of what love is supposed to be like. Um, when really the most enriching and exciting and rewarding love stories are ones that are full of imagination and creativity and, um, and that disability really invites that into, into a relationship that there, we are in some ways, um, starting from scratch and reimagining what our love will look like and, and be like, and how our bodies will interact with one another and what our dates will look like. And I guess all that to say, um, I love me and Micah. I love my story with Micah. I love I love what we have been able to build together, but I also think that it it just um our story fits into a much bigger story that matters to us um collectively, I think. Um and it's something that I think really deserves to be rethought, reconsidered um in mainstream spaces is the as the way that disability fits into love and intimacy and romance. Um, so that's one of my favorite chapters. But I think that the chapter that I, I, I feel the most, uh, the word I want to say is jazzed. I feel, I feel like my students would make fun of me. But the, the chapter that I feel like the most sparkle about is the complications of kindness um, chapter. I think that I, I have the most sizzle with, with that chapter because it's, um, it's a conversation that feels really unfinished. Um, it's a conversation that I've tried to start, um, in online spaces. And every time I do, um, there's more pushback and more frustration and more confusion and wrestling from people than any other, um, any other topic I bring up with disability. So this idea that, um, we like to think of kindness as a really simple, good impulse. Um, and that when it comes to disability, kindness um, and, and the impulse to be kind to the disabled person is a lot more complicated and fraught and has a history um, and, and is often experienced differently by a disabled and a non-disabled person. And, um, and so trying to work that through in, a cha- in, in, the, in the book um, was an exciting challenge for me. Um, to try to unpack 
what kindness is and what drives us to do it and what acts are genuinely kind and, and what might be feel like kindness but actually be something else. Just untangling some of that mess and trying to um, to make sense of it in a way that um, someone who maybe doesn't have the same set of experiences as me could understand. And I'm fully prepared for people to, um, to push back against it. Um, I, my parents push back against it. So I, um, I think that's part of what makes it exciting to me though, is that it, it's not necessarily the most easy or obvious topic to tackle. Um, and that, that excites me. That's so interesting. How, how did your parents, um, push back against it? If you don't mind sharing? No, I don't, I don't mind at all. Um, my parents, um, oh man, <laughs> for that chapter, but also I've had to warn them so many times about the, the, um, the language in the book. <laughs> I don't think that they're ready for that either. Um, but more specifically with, the, yes, with the kindness chapter. Um, so I think for, and it could be generational and I'm not sure, but I think, um, for my parents, it's really hard to understand why, like, what is so hard about letting somebody do something for you, even if you don't need them to, even if um, you're fine, what is the, what is the great harm in accepting that? Or what is the damage that's done in accepting that? And I think that that is, I think that is one of the, um, the gaps or um, the leaps that I think can be difficult sometimes between a person with a disability and a person who doesn't is understanding the accumulation of tiny acts over time, um, of tiny moments over time. So I think that when they imagine someone rushing to open a door for them that they don't need help opening to them, they think, well, what does that really cost me? Um, just let them open the door and, and you, you'll, and then move on and smile and, and, and that will be fine. Um, <clears throat> but I think what's difficult to imagine is a whole lifetime, um, of moments like that all day long, every day. Um, and, 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 and a whole lifetime of experience where the way that you are perceived is fundamentally, um, at odds with the way you perceive yourself. Um, and, and those, though, it's just, it's, it's hard to expand, um, imagining one moment beyond that one moment into a lifetime. It's a difficult leap to make. And I think for my parents, that's, that's part of, um, part of it. I think also they just are, um, Midwesterner, Midwestern boomers who, um, who are really invested in not making anybody, um, uncomfortable or feel bad for good intentions. Um, so I think that's part of it too. Um, and, um, I wonder if there's another piece. Um, I know that, uh, part of what I write about in the kindness chapter is people approaching me, um, praying for my healing. Uh Um, and I think for my parents, uh, any, any attempt to pray for, another person is, is always good. So I think there's some, there's some black and white ideas about kindness and good intentions and friendliness in public and all of that, that just changes the way my parents understand some of those experiences or perceive those experiences. Right. 
right and it's complicated right it's yes that chapter well I have to say I agree with you on the Micah chapter that is (laughs) my favorite essay um I could read it over and over it's so delightful I challenge anyone to read that essay and not fall in love with Micah as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's great. Uh, But um, yeah, the complications of kindness uh, essay, it is, it's, it's, it's this, um, there's so much to mind there. And I think you really hit the nail on the head when you say, you know, of course it is good to be kind. Of course it is good to help others. But what many people don't understand is the experience of, these tiny little occurrences happening every single day. Um, And that goes for anyone who is identifies with um, a group that might be described as marginalized or um, just, you know, not um, um, like default experience. Like this is, this is what it means to be a human in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think um, that essay does a really good job of just opening our eyes to these things that, you know, I know it it opened my eyes to look at things and explore things and question things that I had not before Mm -hmm. the simple act of opening a door, you know, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could talk to you for hours, but um, I think just to wrap things up um talking about publishing and and because this is your first book and a lot of people uh are interested in writing books and publishing books um but it's a very murky industry um that you know you you don't really know until you get into it um what it all entails what was the thing in this whole publishing process that perhaps surprised you the most Oh, that's a good question. What would it be? Well, the first first thing, and this is just small um, and not that important, but I have been surprised by the number of times that we read through the whole book. Like there's, you know, like there's the moment when I think I've sent several emails where I've sent the man or like sent the manuscript off and been like, here it is, as if like that we're done. And um, there's so many rounds of reading and rereading and rereading. And I, I wish I would have understood the scope of that earlier. Cause I think I would have allowed myself um, a little more wiggle room. I I'm, I'm such an obnoxious perfectionist. And so the idea that thinking that I would send something off and that that would be fixed in any, any way. Um, I think I, I, over the time that we've spent together um, and realizing just how many times we go through each section and then the book as a whole, um, it, it, it puts the whole, those early drafts into perspective, I guess. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think also, and I, 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 first book, and this is my first experience with an editor too. Um, so I imagine Hillary that we, that there are things that are unique about, um, the dynamic that we have, but I, cannot express the joy and and like fulfillment that I have um sharing my chapters with you and then getting feedback and just like how much that that exchange 
mint and how rewarding that experience was for me. Um, I mean, I've done, I've been in workshops before, right? And like, of course, I have experience sharing um, my writing in with with people I don't, you know, know in my real life. But um, I think just having somebody else be in at, at like have a comparable investment in the thing that I'm creating. And then, and then having their feedback, I don't know that, that there was something that was like so rewarding, um, about that experience for me that I don't know that I would have been able to anticipate the, the, the exact texture of that. So, um, that's been, I, I guess, like a, a more rewarding surprise. <laughs> that's lovely to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Um, it's true. <laughs> yeah, people who are energized and excited by their edits are my favorite people. So, um, winning. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Rebecca, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I'm so excited for readers to get a chance to experience what a joy it is to read your writing. And um, in the meantime, People should definitely follow you on Instagram. It's at sitting underscore pretty. And until then, and until your book goes on sale uh, August 25th, I am just uh, so proud of what you've been able to do. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to share this with the world. So thank you. Yay. Thank you, Hillary, so much. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.